There's dirty bones here, Simon. Come out now and fight. You need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Be a dog. Whatever happens in leash, it's always a scandal. Why do you think that was? Probably because we're always drinking and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no smoke without fire. I'm not going to lie to you. I met Tommaso Shea one day and he said, I'm sick of that northern crowd. He said, if they went set dancing twice a week, we'd all be set dancing twice a week. I can remember a lad, Jay Booth, right? And he was getting sick, right line like that, <laughs> looking at me like, and I'm going, this is not helping me. Every man, woman and monkey in me all is nearly right in the mouth. Shake the bucket! That's it! All right, up for discussion on our panel this afternoon. Does Alex Ferguson despise Rafa Benitez? Spitgate refuses to die. Brian O'Driscoll is coming towards the end of an amazing career. And we thought maybe it might be a fitting tribute to retire the number 13 shirt and the magic of the club finals. On our panel this afternoon, David Brady, GA pundit, former Mayo midfielder and All-Ireland winner with Ballina in 2005. Ewan McKenna is a sports journalist and author. And Bernard O'Shea, comedian, star of Republic of Telly. Bernard, this is your first time. Very welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. You, uh, you're a Nottingham Forest fan, I'm, I'm guessing, from your tweets? I'm a Nottingham Forest fan, yes, for my sins. Please don't ask me anything relatively recent about Nottingham Forest, as I am a couch chair enthusiast of them. Yeah, when they were actually good. Oh, well, when they were good, when I was able to play football, they were really good. Finishing third in the league, Littlewoods Cups, you know, Brian Clough, Roy Keane, Neil Webb. Ian Wone Shettle Ian Wone yeah wow there's a blast from the past France Carr even do you remember him <laughs> I do yeah, yeah that was, that was <laughs> they had a great team and then, and then uh, I don't know what's happening last season was something akin to Dynasty they had a chairman who unfortunately died on a treadmill and money went out of the club and then they were bought by I think um, Saudi or no not Saudi Arabia could be wrong here Kuwaiti, Kuwaiti back here it seems a bit bonkers they sacked uh, Sean O'Driscoll half to the season when he was doing well Yeah, it seems more of a soap opera there than any kind of fo- anything that goes on the field in the last two years does not match is it, is it wrong that I assume because you're from Leash that you're a Gaelic football fan well I was saying to the lads outside that I'm from Duro which is practically in Kilkenny so no I'm I'm both I, I, I'll tell you I grew up in a town where you had to play if you wanted to play Gaelic football you had to play Hurling which is a lot I think a lot of clubs might have had that did they I'm not mm. sure but um yeah, I'm both, yeah. I was both pretty useless <laughs> at either either sports. You have a serious physique now as a, as a serious uh, Gaelic footballer. Yeah, well... Um, <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah, um, you're in jail. <laughs> don't come on too strong. You can't get a hotel room in Dublin this weekend. <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I was, was pretty being sarcastic in case everybody... <laughs> I was, I, I'm I telling you, I, I, could, I, was, I was all right. I could kick with both feet. Well, more than I could. Have Willow, if I could get to kick the ball with both feet, that would have been hey. better, hey, hey. <laughs> all right, let's talk about this weekend. David, uh, does it bring back special memories for you? Uh, I suppose Club All Ireland St Paddy's Day does. Yeah, um, you know, and it, it's actually. Hang on a second. Let, let me let me let your old self do the talking here. Have a listen to this. Does anybody? I want this game for for David Brady. David Brady has lost. I think seven All Irelands. I think he'd die a happy man after today. We went down a goal. And I went down low. I just went. I just, this can't happen again. They're a different bunch of players than I ever played with in my life. They're Twenty, twenty-one years of age. They've never lost really. They don't know what it's like to lose. I've been a loser all my life. I remember it well, all right. It was, um, you know, it's you are where you come from. And as Bernard said, he's from Duro, you know, um, first and foremostly. I was from Ballinas, Stevenites, and because of that, I went on to play for Mio. But it's, 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 
I don't know. I'm not. Nancy's it's the most special day ever I had in my life. I'm not married yet, so you know we'll see what comes. But it definitely was unbelievable, and it is. And for the two teams tomorrow, Ballymun and St Bridgeson, ask any players that ever played in one. Um, I had played in one in 1999 against Crossman again and lost it. But still, the memories was unbelievable. Because you, you'll never go through it. And it, I've been at played in all Ireland finals, and it's just not the same. It is the BN, you know, be all. It's everything about Gaelic football because it's your friends, your brothers, your classmates, your next door neighbours, your local. You know, your. It's from. It's what you do when you're eight years of age until you're whatever, 28, 38, and it's, it's it, it, it was unbelievable back in 2005 to win it. It's probably one of those few games in your life where you actually know every member of the crowd who's supporting you. Every single member, you, you know, the guys that you played with, you're playing with, are either related to, the, to you, living beside you, you're, you're either going out with their sister, or, or you know, it, it's it's so close that it's, it's you know, and people say, oh, you know, Ballymun, and it's a Dublin team. There's still a, there's still a unity and a bond there that's well, as I say, and with us, we 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 will end up carrying the coffins of our of our clubmates. Simple as that. Um, that doesn't happen in county, but uh, in your club, yes, there there'll be guys, and the first man goes, there'll be there'll be a guard of honour and guys marching beside him, and it goes for every club, and that's what makes Club Ireland special. It makes that's what makes the GA special because it, it it's from that that breeds you know inter county championship. Do you remember the celebrations well? Like, is it something that's kind of burned? That is it a week long thing, or is the game the thing that lives the longest for you? Um, <clears throat> well, I remember back in whether it was ninety six, ninety seven, or two thousand and four, losing our senior finals, and you can. I remember saying, to guys, what does it feel like? You know, what if we did win?" But this is in the midst of an alcohol cloud that you're trying to numb the pain. You don't, you know. It's 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 you're going. What imagine if it was? Imagine what we drink. You know what? When you win, you don't drink. And I'm not saying that you need to drink. This. You don't because you're just on a wave of emotion on a high. You might have had three or four beers. That's it. But on the other hand, you're just, all right. Give me another one. Give me another one. Yeah. You know. And oh, I don't. Uh, once you get up, I'm going at it again. You know. And it's it's it's. There's a big difference as you know. Everyone says between winning and losing, but just the feeling and you know it's it's. I remember the homecoming in, in Ballina was just unbelievable because there was you know there was a bit of unfinished business there for us because we were um, we had lost and we got so close in, in probably years previous that um, you know I think it's very similar to tomorrow's game as well um, with Bellingham and St. Bridget's Brid, you know Bridget's are they're on you know, I suppose they're on a mission, but you know that mission can become a cropper against a team that's just probably better than you. You know, and it's it's, it's it is a fascinating game today. And no matter what club game is played, there's always connection between the two teams. I remember Portlaoise and ourselves. There was various connections between Ballinat people and Portlaoise people, and vice versa, and Morgan yeah. and again with Ballymun tomorrow. And you know, Kevin McStay play with them for a certain time when he was in Dublin. And you know, there's a, a Ballinat and. Um, James Rafter on the Bellin and the Bellingham team. There's, there's always, there's always a connection, and you know that's why there's going to be thirty thousand odd people there in Crow Park tomorrow. Yeah, it's a pretty brilliant weekend. Uh, the weekend when the club finals are played, Ewan. It's superb. There's one thing. I mean, it's so special. There's one thing I wish the GEA would do on a weekend when Dublin is thronged. I wish they'd push the club finals back a couple of hours till after the parade. Have some stalls and Temple Bar showing Gaelic games to tourists. Have minibuses running out for nothing and cheap tickets just so people could see the spectacle it is. Um, the club thing is, is it's so unique because I suppose inter-county Gaelic football these days has gone to the stage where like the Mick O'Dwyer trained teams can't 
beat better teams just because they're fit anymore or the little guy can't beat the big guy because their manager smashed a, a desk in the room and had them pumped up whereas the club thing I mean you look at St Thomas's this week the little guy can still do it the family guy can still do it and I mean I remember just even a, a club match during during the summer it was a, or late summer a county final on TG Carr and my wife was Brazilian said to me will you look at the size of your man I mean how and I had to kind of explain to her there's probably only 14 other men in the village like you know so he, he had to say so for people to, to get that I mean nowhere else gets that sense of I suppose maybe it's a bit like in a, I was watching Hoosiers recently it's a bit like kind of the Indiana basketball championship in high school kind of the little guy can still do it mm. and that's happening less and less in Gaelic football and in hurling but here is somewhere it can happen and as I say I just I just wish it was on a weekend I mean you go outside the door of the studios here town is thronged full yeah, of people from abroad yet none of them none of them know what's going on 10 minutes up the road and it's something they they should see because you just know they'd love it um, a couple of quick, quick texts in uh, is it a bad advertisement to the club games playing these games through winter with a final in March is that maybe also something but then you can't really make them the summer games because obviously the summer it's games a bigger issue of, of the whole calendar I mean maybe clubs deserve better but if the clubs were playing and there was less county stuff is the money there I mean it's, it's an issue that hasn't been solved it's been going on for years yeah St Thomas as you mentioned 200 houses apparently to to select from 20 set 20 sets not sets of brothers 20 brothers on the team that's right, all related. The father is, I think, the manager is, has he got five kids on the team or yeah. something like this? Yeah. I mean, th- that's the sort of thing, like, wh- where else do you get that anymore? Well, wasn't there a, s- a weird, bizarre study now, oh, hopefully this was done, I wasn't, somebody <laughs> wasn't spinning me out, in West Kerry, where they did a, g- a gene-based study on the amount of All-Ireland winners in the area, and they could follow it back to the successes of just passing on the DNA, basically, that it can happen in such a small consistent area that you just keep knocking out good footballers that it's um, nature not nurture that it's not to do with the coaching or well I don't know I suppose you have if you have a tradition of winning I always look across at Kilkenny and it's like every time they go out to play a game in Maharland even if they're the worst team they go but sure we've won this loads of times I just wonder is this the last era of, of, of that little guy as well for a couple of reasons at the minute I mean, you, you talk to club managers and it's it's getting so professional. I mean, it's like county football was 15 years ago. It's so planned and, and, and all of these things. But also, I mean, you look at the small club, um, not only just the resources versus the bigger clubs, and they're holding their own for now, but the migration of people towards the city, you see the studies of little clubs struggling to survive with, with emigration and stuff, and you wonder just in 10 years, will you still have a St. Thomas's or a Currafin or whoever coming up, or will it be kind of your Port Leashes and your 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 whoever in Dublin, will, will it be that sort of thing? It's very possible, um, and you do look at the super clubs uh, who can put out anything between 8 and 10 hurling teams in the Dublin Championship at various levels and think... Well, they're obviously going to eventually rise to the top versus these sides. And the immigration was actually an issue that came up in the paper during the week about St. Thomas's that, you know, you think, oh, maybe three or four of them go, it won't be that bad. But actually, that's the half forward line and one of the midfielders gone and suddenly they're being replaced by 16 year olds. So it's, it's devastating for them. Yeah. Yeah. But I think maybe another part is <clears throat> what I see where I come from is a town in Bellinan. It's, you know, um, it's, it's hard enough to get them interested. Football doesn't matter to them anymore. Um, I think a small club they're going you know what guys we have 23 guys here um, we're, we're, we're in the town we're living in the town we have nothing else to do Our, in a, you know a small rural club what else do they do but we're going to train three or four nights a week we're going to give it everything no one's going to step out of line and you know that's I think a lot of the success is based on, on St Thomas's that's the Hooters Whereas, yeah, attitude yeah, really yeah, because I, I know in Belenaz I don't give a damn um, why is that because football doesn't, is not important anymore um, it's not the it's not number one. It's I need a job. 
I need my career. I need to take in a few pound. Uh, I need to maybe, you know, work a bit harder. I might come home at half six, seven o'clock where I used to be home at five o'clock. Um, the whole country is working harder because we're all, I suppose, in the economic times that we're in. That's, it's just not as important as it was. It's, I, I see it in my club. Um, there's other distractions and you know what? It's, it's, it's too much hassle. It's too much hard work. And I think it's, 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 it's shown. Do you have a bit of sympathy with that view, though, that it is too much hassle and too much hard work and that ultimately it's going to be very select clubs who decide that they're competing at that elite level, whereas the rest of them are never actually going to... Well, again. it's interesting you say that. I was down with Kevin McStay earlier in the week and he was even saying that maybe football is better now skill-wise, but maybe the commitment isn't that much greater because what they were doing was so much more than the 70s and so on. But he said at the end of his career, he looked back and he regretted how he kind of forsaked his career for football. And you can imagine the guys that are doing that now in times when they're tougher. I mean, it, it is there at the forefront of your mind. I mean, it's great being a great player with no money in your pocket, but it's probably better not playing with money in your pocket. Yeah, it's... it's, 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 it's uh, there's a fine line. I, I just think it's... It doesn't really matter a lot to young people anymore, as in the ones that has got everything for nothing in the last seven or eight years. Someone that was 18, 19, now they're 26, 27. You know, now they have to kind of actually work for things. They, can't, they won't get it handed to them. And public successes, it won't, you won't, it won't be handed to you. You have to work. You have to work twice as hard as the next man to you. You noticing this, Bernard? Yeah, well, I always, when I hear discussions like this, I always think that there's another step back from it. I always think of Burr. Burr were winning everything in the schools. They just, that team, that Offaly team came out of that school. And uh, and I think, I, I could be wrong, but I think there's been a massive deterioration of Hurling in that school. And when that went, it seemed awfully Hurling went. So I think if you're 14, 15, 16 at that age where you're, I suppose you should have the skills maybe and you're going into school, I think the school is the vital thing. Because even if you're coming from a club that doesn't have a full pick if you're seen in school you'll be put somewhere there's, if you're a good football in school or half decent you'll be seen by somebody in the county surely and I think that maybe that you know as David said there that you know when you're in school now you're just thinking God I just it's like it's like I remember being brought into a room saying right you have two options the guards or the, or the nurse you know is it going back to that is it uh, where is it people are going well I don't have two hours after work I have to go up to Dublin to do a job interview or maybe I'm going to Australia but you know I think there is benefits of it as well you, you can't beat the social benefits of training with people or just your health benefits and stuff like that but I suppose if you have kids and you're trying to pay a mortgage that can become nightmare stuff yeah that's well, like everything else Joe. if you're, you're the boss here and I ring you up and say after turning the ligaments in my ankle I won't be in for four or five days you know you go up Jez Brady's become a bit of a liability. Yeah. You know, and I'm going, I'll be back on Thursday, but you're going, well, I need you for the night show on, on Monday, but, you know, and that's the way a lot of employers are going, you're you're not, you're a liability. Whereas rather previously it was a... Oh, she were put up on a pedestal and you were going, look, we have a guy that plays for the county for us and everything else. It's, it's, it's suiting a certain type of, I suppose, a profession, mainly probably teachers and that as well. But if you're trying to, you know, being self-employed or you're a mechanic or electrician or you're, you're on the road and you're, you have to get targets and everything else, you have to drive, you have to drive your job, you know, push your profession before you start pushing, pushing your, your football, whether it's hurling or Gaelic or rugby. Yeah. The school thing as well, I mean, just in terms of Ballymun, I mean, people talk about Dublin super clubs, but uh, just being out there earlier in the year and, and Paddy Christie is a teacher in the local school. I mean, when Ballymun were winning in the 80s, that club, they forgot about the underage structures and it was him through the schools who kind of aided the team he brought down to a park as under 10s but when I was out with him he was talking about how important it was that guys play school, even school stuff for a sense of identity and all this but he was like with cutbacks with teachers with this that and the other there is less commitment you can't blame them 
but there is less commitment to stay for an hour during lunch to stay two hours after school to bring them off to games and that impacts the club as well yeah I, I always find it like I, I, I'm the non-sport person here so I'll bow to your superior knowledge on all things I always find a massive um, weird analogy between the rugby team because I'm astonished that Ireland can compete at international rugby I do, like it's like that blows my mind. The fact there's there's very few guys playing the game in relative to, to Gaelic games in soccer, uh, but the way they've came in on it is very parishy. Even though it is a private schools in Limerick, effectively, but the way they've come in on it is very kind of like that Saint Albans, the tiny little parish, and that they pick them out, they get them, and go right. That's it. You're contracted to this, and you know what? We're tiny and we're small, but we keep it together. You're going to be a second it. row. You're going to be proper. Yeah, you're gonna be yeah. yeah. And I think maybe that might be a way that. Say the likes of Leitrim Longford, like with smaller picks than Leash, uh, that, that they'll have to progress that way. Yeah, you are, you're talking at the very elite level, though, but it was interesting to hear you talk about the schools where you're kind of talking about the club player, David, I think, who maybe isn't good enough to make the county team and probably won't get that extra coaching or won't get those kind of the, the benefit and the ego from being selected yeah. out and, and singled out and streamed to the, the good stream of Gaelic footballers and how you keep those players interested in, in playing club football when ultimately they know there's no chance of them winning an All-Ireland uh, well, says even, even like I have seen it club players might wait and this is not an exaggeration two and a half months maybe for a game so they're sitting on their arses you know and <clears throat> With any club, this is any club in the country, junior, senior, intermediate, hurling or football, there'll be 35, 40 guys out in January, February, March, bursting their arse for the first league game in May, May, June, middle of June, that's it. Yeah. I'm on hold. It's funny how it all comes back to that. There is an overkill as well. I mean, Kevin McStay at Bridget's this year did a really interesting thing that was risky because it could have gone the other way. But he was saying when he went in, I mean, Bridget's had lost a a club final two years ago. They lost a derby of a semi-final last year. And he said those lads were broken. And the fear was that they saw him coming in and they think, Jesus, to get to the next level, he's going to make us climb two mountains instead of one. But instead, for the first, until September, basically, one training session and one game a week from last March until they got out of Roscommon and they planned it then to get to the... Now that's well and good when you're a club as good as Bridget, yeah. maybe. But I mean, just the, the overkill, maybe if you're only training one night a week with a club, you're more likely to do it because as you say, the, the, the external benefits aren't there. But a lot of clubs even now are training three, four nights a week. And at some point when you're not getting a whole lot from it, including games, including attention, including equipment, whatever else, it is easier at some stage to say, like, what's the point? Mm. Like th- this month, this month March, the most Gaelic football games and hurling games are played in the whole country. It's freezing, absolutely <laughs> unreal. It's muck, gutter, and there's it's, there's not much of a buzz there. From August September, there's six games played. You know, there's hundred. I think it's hundred and thirty eight games this month in the codes. Is that indicative of the whole championship or the whole GEA structure? Because even at inter, there's just too much training, even at inter county, and too little games. I mean, most guys between club and county will train two, three hundred times a year and play fifteen games. Whereas if you aren't training as much, they prefer to play games. With, with the with the backdoor structures, whether it's Leash, Mayo, or Kildare or whatever, if you're a club, you're going to win a county championship within seven weeks. Simple as that. You want to be primed to go at the end of August when your team is either out of the semi-finals, quarter-finals, uh, because everything is held up. Everything, if, there's one, if there's one team in it, the whole lot is held up. And you're going seven or eight weeks, we'll win a county title. What were we doing in January, February, March? You know, bursting our asses in the gym or doing weights or, you know, running, slogging. It, it doesn't... It, it gives you a foundation. Yeah. But if you really want to be a, 
I suppose um, direct and have a mission on it it's going boys we need to be going 1st of August you know last week in July that's when we're going to be doing the dog training um, because you're, you're going out September, October your county final I think the Mayo county final was won in 7 weeks this year bar 2 games so you've two games. You've won in May, you've won in June, and that's it. Uh, August, September. And do they actually matter in the end? The first two games, really? Well, they'll give you they give you where you are in the, in the you know quarterfinals are set up. But yeah. what are you doing as a club player? I'm going. I'm not waiting around for three or four months to, to you know. I'm going. Look at this. I have a wife. I have kids. I'm playing football for ten or twelve years. That's what a lot of guys are saying. Now the wife's saying we can't go on holidays. We can't go anywhere. What what do we do? I'll just wait for the county boys to finish. And even in a county like Roscommon, you look at Bridget. I mean, they played one, and the county team didn't set the world alight and route it fairly early. They played one game in the championship in May that didn't matter because it was an easy group for them. They knew they were going to get through, and then the rest. They think it think it was August. They mm. really started. So I mean, they McStay took over in March and they started playing football in August. That matters. Yeah. Okay. Kathy is texted in. So you're able to explain Kerry and Kilkenny's success, but can you explain Mayo's failure year after year after year after year? I suspect Kathy's a Mayo person, or else she's having a have well, a dig at you. I'm not sure which. Can you explain it? Well, it's immenses. Can I just say something about Kerry though and their their club structure? You'd want to be like trained by the uh, the I was going to say the ICA, the CIA, to understand the Kerry club structure of football. My father's from Kerry, and uh, it's like Kerry, 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 Kerry. But the way they do it. It seems to be really higgledy-piggledy but unbelievably effective in that you go out of your championship and say on a skull go out then they can play as West Kerry uh, Fanu go out they can play as I think as a mid-carry or whatever yeah. so you could be a junior B footballer and see, be seen playing Dr. Crokes and go he's good I think there's sometimes for that David this is what in, in my head I see is all oh, the loneliness of, the, of it is that you could be a decent footballer and you're never going to go anywhere in Leash or Wexford or anywhere but in Kerry there's a higher percentage of you being seen as 23, 24 year old I think that's I don't think it's just that they have this inbred DNA in them as football I think actually the way they play their county championship definitely allowed, helps yeah. it definitely helps okay. more exposure yeah. at a higher level against better opponents yeah. can, I, can I say one thing actually in relation to, to Cathy's text there on Mayo I mean I, I never got this thing of Mayo's failure ok they lost Ireland, all Ireland finals the amount of counties we're from Kildare so we understand uh, well, that. Well, that, but the amount of counties <laughs> that would look to, to get to an all Ireland final is a phenomenal achievement even if you don't win it I mean to be there on that day most counties would kill for they lost it that hurts it's hard to pick yourself up all of that but to get to the last two of a 32 county competition time and time again I mean is that a failure I, I don't think so uh, lads will stay playing for the club because it's more important than playing for a county county players will even say that but you're saying that even now that bond will break down if it's not managed properly not men you know it's, it's you know and it's, it's going a lot of your club players and I've in, say when I started off there was guys playing that was 37, 38, 39 even 40 yeah. because they just loved the game and they were still involved and it wasn't but now it's gone you can't have a 38 year old sitting at the back of a group when you're doing a run and he's 25 yards behind and it's it's it, that progression of fitness has gone so far you know in front and it's you know but they're, you know, lives are changing people are you know the families to look after and they're going they don't see them for one because if you're still in limbo for three months you still got to train yeah. um, I still have to go so you have no game next Sunday but sure I still have to go train this morning you know and there's no you can't plan a holiday um, because if I was a club manager and you're going on holidays in, in, you know in the middle of the summer we don't know what's going to happen why Why would you you know and I'd say that's that's where the, 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 the club structure is kind of falling down it's like any team that's play, the two teams is playing tomorrow in the club final 17th of March they played their um, Connacht and their Connacht final on the 6th of December I think it was so you're going from the 6th of December January February March 
You've, they've played two games since. You know, and it's the most important thing in a, in a club. If you get to a club a provincial final and win it, it's how you time your build up and your momentum. Give the guys a break. It's it's a preparation for the next three months that will get you to the final. And yeah. they have to watch themselves over Christmas, which at that level must be a killer as well. When Do you you're think not playing they, games. they wouldn't just maybe burst out for a week around oh, Christmas you, you, and there'd be a kind of tacit agreement for everybody? Ah, you give it a burn for two weeks. You go, <laughs> you, go, you, go, you, do go you do go hammer and tongs. You, you lose the plot and. Uh, I do that every day. <laughs> the first session back like after yeah, that well, I, I, I remember Lance's coming over the finish line and parts of my body came over the line before I did because <laughs> it was um, New Year's Day at 8 o'clock in the morning um, during it was you know I, know I think it was probably around 2004 or 5 and it was just absolute it was the closest I think I ever came to dying <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but you know what that's what makes you and when you see two or three, you're not the only one at it um, you know, when you see other guys at it like we were, we were to go out boys but 8 o'clock in the morning New Year's morning um, we had to go hammer and tongs but we knew from then on the 21st of January I think it was the next game we had 21 days of serious serious preparation and training that's, uh, that's brilliant there have been some goals I have to tell you about Everton has scored a second goal against Man City in stoppage time Man United are the champions uh, it's Everton 2 Man City 0 it's 10 man Everton Stephen Pienaar was sent off for a horrible tackle late in the second half and uh, they've scored a goal now in stoppage time Ireland have also scored against Italy they've opened the scoring in the Stadio Olimpico we'll get the story of that from Kean after the break News Talk Sport Saturday in association with UPC the Fibre Power Network bringing you all the action in HD It was Jelovic with the second goal that gave Everton a 2-0 win against Manchester City the goal came in stoppage time uh, so that means City stay on 59 points Manchester United on 71 points that game that league title is done and dusted so you can stick a fork in it it's cooked let's go to uh, the Stadio Olimpico Keane is standing by uh, not a bad start by Ireland 10 minutes in we lead yeah, really good start from Ireland. Uh, just into 10 minutes gone. Yeah, you're right, sir. And Ireland leading by three points to nil. Paddy Jackson with uh, an early penalty attempt, and he would have been really pleased with that. It was a, quite an easy kick for him. It was uh, awarded after really good uh, pressure and inroads made by Ireland. First of all, from Sean O'Brien and then Conor Murray. The attack broke down, but the referee was playing advantage and awarded the penalty right in front of the post. And Murray stuck it over. It's been a really good start from, Orl- from Ireland. They've been pretty much camped inside the Italy half, and Conor Murray's been outstanding. He's made a couple of half breaks so far and has also just kicked into the corner which has put Italy under pressure but after uh, coming up on 11 minutes Jure, it's Ireland 3 Italy 0 Yes David Keane is actually over there you're, you're like <laughs> <laughs> Did you not meet him on the way in? <laughs> you're thinking not a bad life a Great country great Yeah country. Italy's a nice uh, not, not <laughs> Lovely cappuccino or Ro- something Rome is decent as well it's, um, I th- Actually that trip is the best Six Nations trip if you ever go on one. Yeah, no, I've never been. Especially St. Patrick's weekend. It's, uh, oh, sure. Francis and Francis over there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one for you. Uh, our panel, David Brady, Yo McKenna and Bernard O'Shea. Bernard, the big question of the week that came from Gaelic Games was whether or not you'd prefer to be spat on or punched. We, we were trying to debate this during the week. Um, I suppose um, in I suppose as a standing or sitting here now I'd say oh definitely punched but if really? I was out playing a game of Kelly football I'd much prefer to be spat on uh, yeah I, I don't or, or soccer or whatever I just don't understand the spitting thing I just oh, it does not I don't know I can't I just for the life of me I just don't understand it and you know is it like I don't know I've never played sport well I played to the highest level under 12 hurling in leash but um, that's pretty good but uh, I have no idea how entwined it is in 
sport or is it in Gaelic football or hard? It doesn't seem to be at all. It's just that there's been three very high it's profile. Like, yeah, it's been like, yeah, all of a sudden it's, it's, it's an issue, but if it happens once, it's an issue because it's, it's, it's a close, for me and, and my playing days, like, and says, you know what, if it's, if, you went to, got into a fight or whatever, right? Fair enough. But it was then, if someone's bad, it was. I'd say they're just an absolute tramp, because it's the lowest form you could actually get in in the street or on a playing pitch or anywhere. I'm assuming you never got spat on. In no, or saw no. I don't think I did. I tell you, if someone did spit on me, I I don't know what I do to them, because it's 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 absolutely because they're not going to spit on your leg. No, it's your face. They want to spit in your face, you know, and it, it's it's. I think it's absolutely disgusting, you know. And if someone, it's it, it shows what they're where they come from if they, if they do it. So you would much rather be punched by the. I would, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, in fairness, though, uh, I, I, I wouldn't retaliate as much. If you get a punch, you'll say, you know what? There's there's thirty minutes left. You, you'll 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 get him at some stage. I think with a punch in any situation, and not being macho male here, a punch in any situation is always you know that somebody you've wound somebody up to pure aggression. Whereas there's always something sinister behind a spit. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like, do you know what I mean? It's you haven't wound me up enough to physically hurt you, but I'm going to spit on you. It's just it's it's, it's, it's oh. But which which is more degrading? I agree with you. I mean, Jesus, you, you go and have a drink after a game, and you got punched. You got punched. You feel dirty if you've been spat on. Um, I remember playing back in the mid nineties, playing three goals in and a tie, and we were watching too much Premiership soccer, and they all used to spit on the ground. So we started spitting on the ground. I remember my mother came out and bollocked us out one day, so she did, and that was spitting on the ground. We were ten, and we knew bloody well not to do it again. I mean, what kind of an adult spits on another adult? I don't care how heated you get. Um, and then to have Owen Mulligan come out defend it is one of the most bizarre things I've heard. I mean, his points were what stays on a GA or what happens on a GA pitch stays in the GA pitch, which is rubbish. I mean, would you say to Aaron Cunningham and Lee Chin, don't say you were racially abused for one? Yeah. He said there's been enough negative stuff about the GA. Well, to actually brush something like that under the carpet is more negative than dealing with an issue and fixing it, which is actually a positive if you approach it that way. And. Um, I mean, he just said, and then, then the idea, oh, there was sectarian abuse. They're not linked. If there was sectarian abuse, say that at the time as well. But to kind of use it as a retort is cheapening even the sectarian abuse. I don't know how, I mean, that, that guy's an intercounty footballer. I mean, did someone not pull him aside and say, hey, probably not best with loads of kids See, listening to you, you know, say, ah, spitting, stay on the page. When you're on Facebook, though, there's no one sitting there editing it for you. Uh, he tweeted as well. He tweeted as well. You, you've got a brain. Your brain has to edit these things. And it's, it's you know, it's it's... You can't, not that he was condoning it, but you don't, you know, minimise, say, oh, yeah, it was only this and that. It was, it's, the, it's an act of a triumph to do that. There were, there were two logical choices. He had A, he stays quiet and has a quiet word with the player who did it, or B, he stands up and he condones it. I mean, it's one life, one club is all yeah, well and good, yeah. but it doesn't transcend spitting on someone. No. And it does, you have a moment of madness or a moment of saying, but it should come from either your, I don't know, your, hand, your fists are, but definitely not. I remember. I know it was a league game we were playing against Galway and I think it was what was National League and he had only started off I f- actually forget his no disrespect I forget that, his first name it was Coleman this is good if, if it's going to be uh, <laughs> he was on to me on to me and on to me and I said I'm at, what I'm, I was ready to just tear his head off and he was in my face and the only thing I could do was turn around and I gave him a kiss <laughs> <laughs> next I swear to God Monday morning the back of the star what was on it me giving your man a kiss. Full, I was going, oh, sweet. No one knows the story behind that. No. I, I was going, I was either that or take the head off him. 
But what did the ref do? But it was only uh, he wouldn't have seen it because it was like it wasn't in the middle of the play. It was like he was going, "Oh, Brady, this, Brady, that," and I was going. <laughs> I would have hit you. What if he hit you? What would you have done to him then? I, well, I wouldn't mind at the time if he hit me. But he that was, he was trying out. to get me to hit him. Like, he was trying to say, right, Brady has a short temper and blah, blah, blah. Um, like I see that snippet being added into the start of this show. I think it could well be. <laughs> what uh, What was he? Was it just verbals to wind verbals, up? Verbals, yeah. I used to, it used to be a big part of it. When John O'Malley was manager, um, we'd have one to ones. And I think we're playing Galway in Championship. And I, you know, John was going, "How are you doing? How do you think you're doing?" And progressing and blah blah blah. And, you know, about Sunday in the game against Galway, I think we're playing Galway that in the first round, the kind of championship. And I asked him, I said, "John, you were in a different. You were in the opposite. I was against you. You know, what did you say about me? How did you try and mark me?" He goes, "It's a good question." He goes, um, "We all thought you had a short fuse." And to be honest, he said, "I kind of said, Lucas." You know the story of Brady in the short fuse, but um, I said, "I said fair play because I used to laugh at you coming at me trying." You know, Sean O'Donnell used to come on, and every time he come on trying to hit and batter, and I'd be saying, "John, you're wasting your time here now because you're not concentrating on football." But it was it was John saying, "Look, at, you have a kind of a short fuse, and that's there's certain players in 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 the GA world now that would you'd say, "You know what? Yeah, get so, at him." What do you do with Joe Brennan? If you're um, in the first round of the Leinster Championship, do you say, you know, and it's, it's Joe Brennan's a fine player, and I don't think it's, it's, you know, he's been unlucky in certain occasions, but manager will say, hey, you might be able to get under his skin. Yeah. Give him, give him a few words. It didn't obviously work with you then. I sure, I loved it. Absolutely loved it because it was, it was you know, you go, he's, he's not concentrating on what he should be doing. You nearly laugh at him. And it, it's, it's. Um, you got to give him a case. Well, <laughs> well, that's just. Yeah. Is that the first recorded kiss in a GA field, is it? I, certainly the first one I've heard of. Yeah, there are club, club games down the country, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Italy 3, Ireland 3 is the score after 18 minutes in uh, this one. Um, I want to ask you about Brian O'Driscoll. Uh, we had him in studio during the week and I was kind of um, making the point that we shouldn't retire our, our players too soon because obviously... Uh, this is an amazing player and when he stops playing we're all going to really miss him so I don't uh, in the context of that if and when he does decide to retire uh, should we have a culture where we retire shirt numbers like they do in the United States? I think it, I think it's more important to keep the number going as opposed to just retire it again but to, just to say what I said earlier I'm amazed that we were able to put out a rugby team at all at any level because there's so few playing it in the country and I think that to retire players even or to even start hinting about a player retiring you'd almost be wanting to dig them up and put them a jersey back on them and put them back out uh, because you know I could be wrong on this but I don't think Ireland I'm not a massive rugby fan I come from a house where my father would go it's only a game for lads that weren't good at Gaelic football but um, uh, I don't think we have a massive pick in rugby do we? No we don't have, we have uh, four professional teams and then whoever emigrates to, to play the game and not that it's a worldwide game. Yeah. It's not, but we're blessed to have had O'Gara and uh, Driscoll, and because like, them boys can actually handle a ball. I'm not so, sorry. I'm going to get abused now after this. But do you know what I mean? Like, like before them guys came on the scene for me, and I could, could be wrong. Simon Gagan was the only person that seemed to run with a ball in his hand. But they told, they seemed to. We seem to have just been blessed with. Uh, you were, you were like, scarred by growing up in the '90s when uh, the Irish rugby team was very difficult to watch and uh, more difficult to support. Italy just missed a penalty there. It's still three all. There's 20 minutes gone on that one. But back to the idea of retiring a shirt. No, I don't think so. 
I, I, I wouldn't like to see it anyway. It's a nice idea, and I watch a lot of American sports. I'm half insomniac, so I love kind of even college sports through the night. Um, and it is because they pick the right players, the ceremonies are nice. But I look at it, a country like Ireland, and it starts making me think of maybe the All Star selection or something. Stuff we get very wrong for very bad reasons sometimes, and I, I, I don't know who we'd pick. And what, what if you leave one guy out who save maybe your, save your Leinster though, as opposed to Ireland? So I'm not saying that Ireland never has a number thirteen shirt again, but even if for one season, Leinster get to say we're not having a number thirteen shirt the season that O'Driscoll retires. But if is there a fine line then? I mean, if there's another guy, is Johnny Sexton down the line? If he's really good, what about Gordon Darcy? What about what about? Yeah, and I'm not saying they were the best in their position in the world or the greatest Irish rugby player but do you just do it that's for one guy or do you drop is that you know maybe that's the bar though you've got to be the best in the world at least in your position over a sustained period of time is there a technical requirement in rugby that the numbers have to be 1 to 15 no no okay but in, in the playing process looking at a number going into a tackle or going into a ruck you're going I see my 7 or you know it is very number orientated sport rather than soccer or Gaelic because there is certain numbers if there's a if you know when the guy's on the ground you know if you see a 6 there or you see a 12 there you're going damn I need to get out I need to cover the centre because yeah. he's into the ruck and it is very number orientated but I think no you wouldn't retire a, a number there should be a there should be a statue of Brian O'Driscoll put up um, it's for I think the only times I ever seen it in in say in Gaelic or rugby or whatever is if someone unfortunately is, is is deceased or dies during the season that the number is retired for that year. But you know I wouldn't retire number thirteen. I put a I put a statue in the middle of Connell Street from. You remember Harley Quinn's used to have letters. Yeah, you could retire a H or an R or something. Yeah. But um, uh, what I'd like to see retired is, is either either one of the anthems at home. Just play one of them. That's. Hugs the light. I play Ireland's call, and that's it. Leave it at that. I'd get it. I would Irish never call. play Ireland's call. <laughs> would you know? Well, like, like I don't see why there's a, such a big hullabaloo over having to play Aaron Naveen and Ireland's call in in Dublin because it's just like it, it just just retire that. Forget about retiring thirteen. Retire one of them. Because Aaron Naveen is not that good. Oh, Jesus, you want to be when you're lined out in the, on, a, on a piece of grass with a pair of boots in you, it's as good as you'll ever hear. And that's the truth. I think a lot of this, the Ireland's call, comes from certain individuals that was involved in Irish rugby, playing and influential players at the time, saying we're not 100 percent, um, we're not 100 percent happy with a with a Irish national anthem. And, and I think that came from about seven or eight years ago. I'm fairly sure it did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's, it's. Is it not fair enough though? For lads from Belfast who have no allegiance to Aaron Levine, not to be forced to. Well, it was like the, the flag controversy. Somebody pointed out very wittily when maybe if we had some kind of flag that symbolised both cultures <laughs> in the island, but like <laughs> a strip <laughs> wide in the middle. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, no. I'd like to see Ireland's call being played. I'd have no issue with it. Uh, I, I do agree with Jar. I think it's a b- better tune. Uh, oh, it's the B saying, side I'm, of Ireland. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> not saying it's a better tune. Jar, I just said. Thanks for that, lads. Uh, you're standing this year in the Ireland final and the third Sunday of September, Kildare in it. And Ireland's going, call comes on. I, know, oh, no, but I think it's Play different for rugby, A bit of Puff Daddy there or something. <laughs> <laughs> P. Diddy, David. Get with the title. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get on to uh, squad numbers for GAA, but I, that was that was the natural segue from that. Should we have squad numbers? No, we should have squad numbers, yeah. yeah. GAA doesn't matter as much. Um... You know, it's 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 happened once or twice where I've seen teams go out and have a totally different set of numbers. 
your number 21 is, is playing centre forward but then the manager changes to go right 21 you'll go in corner forward and the backs are going who am I marking here I'm 21 unless they're known by you know by name yeah. I'm marking Gilroy or you know I'm marking McKenna or whatever yeah. but it, it's it's. I think squad numbers are are good but sure it doesn't really matter because GA managers don't I've got, to, I've got to wrap this but squad numbers particularly in hurling would be a great idea uh, absolutely with names, names but it'd be, that'd be step 3 step 2 would be actually lining out 1 to 15 as the programme and step 1 Good would be like that. last week's get guys who are in the programme to wear the right jerseys mm. We're not paid enough to work out who's who. 53106 is the text number. My thanks to our panel this afternoon. It'll be available for download on uh, iTunes. Do you have a gig coming up you'd like to tell I'm us in about? Cork's had uh, the 30th, and I'm in the Heritage Hotel in Port Leash on the 14th of April. Very good. Thanks very much, everybody. News Talk Sport, Saturday, in association with UPC, the fibre power network with true on demand TV.